Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Sabucky. I just did Digging In with Matthew Rosenthal. We talked about motivation, incentives. We talked about hard work, grit, perseverance, mindset, and some healthcare stuff as well in there. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. All right, welcome back everybody. Amazing guest today, Joseph Bucky. This is gonna be, first of all, to me, it's interesting. I hope you get some value out of it. This is gonna be a topic that I think touches everybody. And why do I think that? Because it's about health, it's about fitness, it's about preventative maintenance, so to speak, when it comes to your body, you wanna avoid injuries. But if you do get injured, there's also a mindset of how to recover and how to go through that process. So I wanna welcome you to the show and I wanna thank you for uh, thank you, having this yeah. conversation with me yeah, today. thanks for having me on. It's gonna be, selfishly, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, because I just, it, this is, I have business people on, I have um, nutritionists on, but this topic, to me, it's just fun. It's yeah. just interesting. And it's cool too. You see a lot of entrepreneurs and I, I've treated a lot of CEOs of companies between yeah. Fort Lauderdale and Miami and up here in Boca and Del Rey area. Um, and they seem to be the people that are like very keen on like keeping their health. That's interesting. Like, You're, it's, it's true. You're right about that. Yeah. And I've had, I mean, most of, I, I've noticed a trend where these are people that will wake up at 4 a.m., do meditation for 10, 15 minutes and then go through a workout and like um, I think it's David Meltzer that talks about like he yeah, spent at least yeah, an hour. Yeah. I was on, on his show actually. Were you? Yeah. yeah, awesome guy. I love I love listening to his podcasts yeah. and stuff. And um, super motivating guy. Yeah, really good. Dude. Very spiritual. It's and all his, about gratitude. Yeah, and his like yeah. persistent, consistent pursuit of happiness and like being yeah. like grateful and gratitude is. Yeah. It's something that like I think innately have done since I was younger. Um, I've always been thankful for like what I've been given, what I've had, uh, and. I've always had this like innate feeling to just help people. And I think that's kind of where I fell into what I did. Um, but it's been, you just touched on my, my first point actually. So yeah. it's kind of, it's like you see my notes. Here. Maybe <laughs> um, we talked before the cameras went on, you know, I said to you that the purpose of doing this show for me is to help other people, mm -hmm. you know, to bring value, you know, we're successful guys, things are happening, but it's really about paying it forward. Yeah. You, know, you have knowledge that's really valuable. Yes. And I have experience that's valuable, right? So, but it's about helping other people. So I'm glad that you just said that's what it's about for you. Yeah. Um, if you don't help other people, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what's the point of all of it? And that's, that's one thing that I've noticed. So now as a practitioner, like I was telling you, I'm out of network. Uh, you can kind of see a trend that has happened in the last 40 years. I don't know if you remember back in the eighties, Health South got in trouble. I think it was like a, over like a billion dollars of fraudulent charges that they got indicted for, which yeah. is why they're not really a thing anymore. Um, reimbursement at that time was around 90 to hundred percent of whatever you were billing. Now it's around 20 to 25%. So which is why you see bills that are so high in the healthcare system. Like you had a hip replacement, it's $50,000. Your insurance will reimburse the hospital, 15,000 of that. Um, same thing in network practitioners for physical therapy say a bill is typically like a hour-long treatment session would be billed out at like 420 450 dollars be reimbursed 115 120 that's exclusive of a copay or deductible payment that goes directly towards their payment goes to you um, so what's happened essentially if you do the math there it's like for every one person that you're seeing 40 years ago you have to see four patients now and what you see is companies will start to have 
the PT do the evaluations and then have techs or have the PTAs who have lower salaries, things like that, which is a great monetary business, like good business decisions. You'll make a lot of money that way. But being able to provide the, the proper amount of care and like what I do now is just I only see patients one-on-one um, and the evaluation is 90 minutes. The follow-ups are an hour to 75 minutes long, depending on what we have to do. Um, can actually really you see in research that there's a lot less visits needed per case i think right now on average like in between like two and three visits before patients are like back to better and interesting outpatient averages like 18 so you get the quality um and imagine i mean trying to see three people at the same time and really focus on what they're doing now, you, you hard, can't do it's it. hard to juggle you can't that do it. stuff You're juggling. yeah yeah so i need you to do me stuff. a huge favor I need you to back up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I need and, and tell 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 us like <laughs> like so we, we we see what you're doing now. Yeah. It's some very cool stuff. We'll get to that. Yeah. But like take me on the journey. Yeah. Right? You're a young guy, you had a really interesting upbringing, yeah. right? And yeah. And so um how'd you get here? I've yeah. So I was uh the middle child. My younger sister, she's eleven years younger than me. So my brother was born, my mother was sixteen, my dad was twenty one when our actually he was 19 adopted my brother um because we have different fathers so Wait, your then, mom was 16 yes had my brother okay and my my father adopted him when he was 19 okay they had me when she was 18 he was 21 so they he was working two jobs and where, where did you guys where did they live like erie pennsylvania so pennsylvania yeah, okay so back up in erie pennsylvania that's um, like is that kind of like out in the country a little bit we're, like, we're right up on the lake actually okay um, right up on lake erie i think we're like 10 miles from the canadian border so okay yeah yeah i think that's where a lot of the niceness comes from <laughs> um almost yeah, you have like Western. a gentle vibe yeah, yeah yeah um so grew up going through that went through middle school high school normal actually went out to the country which is gerard pennsylvania played high school there ended up i didn't know that i was going to go to college i was the first one in my family to to go and get a bachelor's degree and get a doctorate but but there were three of you right there's three of us you're the, yeah. you're the middle I'm the child middle one. yeah you're the middle so child my sister's actually going to be going to fau here cool. in, the, in the next year which is really cool so you're the first one to go to college mm-hmm. your parents didn't go to, to, to well obviously they were they were my, young ones yeah i think my mother ended up after quite a few years finished an associate's degree in finance um, but that was later on that was yeah yeah so yeah. you grew up so how was it growing up with you know very you didn't realize it, but your parents were really young. Yeah. They were almost kids. Yeah. So how old were they when they had you? 18 and 21. Okay. So they're, so they're kids. Yeah. And now they yeah. have kids. And that Do was you remember what that thing. was like? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I mean, didn't live in like the great part of town in Erie, Pennsylvania is, I think, the most poverty stricken city in Erie part in the state of Pennsylvania. So you didn't have much when you were no, a kid? No, no. Public school. I mean, everything else like that. Um, went through high school didn't know i i mean a lot of family members all servicemen marine corps type guys so i was kind of raised that way a little bit too um if you're like what aunts and uncle or or yeah uncles uncles, yeah my dad unfortunately he broke his uh ankles he wasn't able to go he had been like going to like getting to prepare to it um, so he was going to go into the military, into the military as okay. well. He was going to be a Marine Corps as well. I have a cousin right now, actually out in San Diego, who's, who's in the Marine okay. Corps right now. Well, you must love our camera crew. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but, uh, so I thought I was going to go that route yeah. and it ended up like, so where I really started kind of on the path where I got to here is seventh, eighth grade. I noticed that 
I could run faster and jump higher than a lot of other kids. I could shoot a fadeaway three-point jump shot, and the other kids just had naturally. To, like, yeah, the other kids had to like sh- jump into the ball to to get it up to the hoop, and then. I get into high school and I wanted to know kind of like why and how and how to get myself better. Um, Wait, were you getting attention? Were you getting att- people recognize that? Like yeah. You, you, you knew that you actually had some, yeah. you know, some talent, some ability that was natural. And then come like sophomore, junior year, I started to run track for our high school team. Okay. The sprint coach was actually a, a football player for Penn State who actually was teaching at, at our school district as well. And he was a big, he was a big part of me getting to the school that I went to for the degree that I wanted because um, I, I wanted to do something along the lines of kinesiology at that time, which is just the study of, like, body movement. Yeah, you just knew. like Yeah. yeah. And at that point, like... You're still in high school. You could do that. I mean, yeah. You, you realize that. that. Yeah. And I was, I think it was, like, sophomore year that I that I shadowed a few places to, to see what I wanted to do. And then come junior and senior year of high school, I ran like a 10-6 in the 100-meter dash. I finished in the state finals um, for that, the 200. I think I was 28th in the nation for the the 60-meter dash, qualified for the Junior Olympics. By that time, I had actually signed a football scholarship with Gannon University, which is where I went for all seven years. Um, did Playing what position? Semesters, uh, slot receiver and then okay. kick return, punt return. Yeah. So I was like a West you're, you're a tall, guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you said linebacker, I believe. Wait, what? Yeah, so I was like a smaller, like faster guy. Um, so I remember when I did my visit to Gannon University and they were offering me a full scholarship. Um, I had talked to the people in the sport and exercise science program, and then they directed me towards somebody that was in the sport and exercise science program, but also dealt with the physical therapy program there. They have a doctor in the physical therapy program. And they're like, well, you could do this, and if you go in as a – declared pre-physical therapy and do a double major you could actually have a guaranteed seat you won't have to take an entrance exam like a GRE to get into our doctorate program and I was like that sounds good like let's just do it and all my professors like kind of going in were like you know this is going to be a really difficult path so I was every every second of my day was allotted towards something so I think we would have football uh, workouts 4.30 a.m. until like five thirty, six o'clock, and then I would have to shower, go eat breakfast, get ready for my 8 a.m. classes because I had to fit all my classes in between meetings and practices for football. And then I was also working part-time at Dick's Sporting Goods for about five years. Um, you got to pause for a second because yeah. there's so much right here? Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I'm writing words down. Discipline, yeah. work ethic. Yeah. I want to hear about the mindset, where it even came from at, at a young age even. I mean, you're you're – you weren't doing things other kids were doing. Yeah. It sounds like you were, I mean, you were focused. Yeah. Uh, did you ever read that book, uh, Relentless, by you know, Tim Grover? I haven't, no. Tim Grover trained uh, Michael Jordan. But, okay. I mean, there's a mindset he talks about. Yeah. Like, I'm hearing you actually talk about the same mindset. What was it? Like, I what's the mindset? I think, I mean, everything's incentivized. If you uh, listen to the two Stevens from, uh, what's, uh, what's the name of the book? Um, Freakonomics from back in 2005. Oh, yeah. It's an old book. Yeah, great, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, but they talk about everything's causality-based and, like, incentive-based. And I think for me, one big thing is, like, I don't want to use failure as, like, the, the key incentive. But, like, whenever I was on the football field, if I had the ball within the five-yard line, there was not a chance that I wasn't getting into the end zone. So, So what goes me, on up here, though? What? Why? Why is that? I, I think it's... Did it come from, like, your parents? Yeah, I like, don't know. I think uncles? Just, like, one of these, like, innate things. I mean, I've seen 
like when I was growing up, my parents working hard to kind of provide for like what we were doing. Um, my dad, like I said, he would work two shifts at, at a job. My mom was working two jobs. What did he do? So this was at Erie Concrete and Steel, and I couldn't tell you what Like he physical does. labor? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then now he's a foreman for iron workers up in Erie, Pennsylvania. Union? So, like, yeah, yeah, the union guy. And then That's no joke. That's, no. I mean, that's Yeah, he, he's had surgeries on his neck, his yeah. back because of yeah. carrying rebar and stuff. So, I mean, that, I mean, I've, he's always raised us, my mother has always raised us to be hardworking, and they would have us earn things rather than give us things. So... Like if you, if you, it wasn't even chores. I wouldn't even call it. Like I mean, if you if you just did what you were supposed to do around the house, then like you would have like meet expectations. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so for me, I've I've always set expectations high for myself. I've always been one that I learn best when I'm thrown into the fire. Um, I always say pressure makes diamonds, um, and I've noticed that throughout my entire career that whenever I come into things or accept things and kind of need to learn on the fly I've I've done pretty well um but I'd say not wanting to fail and knowing that I can do whatever I need to do to succeed has been a big thing for me I think it's like perseverance and grit are two are like the two of the bigger things that I've possessed and that I see other successful people's success is not so much looking at natives as like a, a failure, but as like a learning experience. It's an opportunity yeah. to improve and exactly. to learn. Yeah. Total key mindset if, yeah, to success. If you, if you look at it like, man, and like that was bad, like I feel bad for myself, that's not one of those things that's going to get you to the next step. It's okay to, to sulk for 15 minutes or, or, or a day, you know, yeah. have one of those days where like, okay, and then you get back on the horse and that's the mindset yeah and then typically you have a better better outlook on things and you have experience then so now you know what not to do and which is a big thing for how i've ended up here um i've learned a lot of what not to do just as important as what to do um, i think it's called wisdom yeah yeah yeah. right experience yeah. you just know like yeah. all right don't do that that doesn't exactly. work do this so there's a gentleman up in uh, Ponte Vedra Beach by the name of Matt Serlo. He's a physical therapist up there that he had owned two of his own companies or two clinics, I should say. One company called Five Star Physical Therapy he ended up selling those to PT Solutions, a big branch chain. Um, I got to treat a bunch of professional golfers up there, like one of the guys like Jim Furyk and then PGA Commissioner Dean Beam. It was pretty cool. Um, I saw everything right to do up there. He, he would take the shirt off his back for somebody if he needed to. Like he, he would do whatever he could to help somebody. And I see a lot of that in myself. And I think that was one thing that he saw in me as well. And I don't know. That's one thing like I get emotional about. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, it's, I was talking last night with the guys behind the camera here. They're yeah. all Marines. And they were talking yeah. about excellence. Thank you for your service, guys. They were talking about excellence. Yeah. And when I'm hearing you, in a way, I think maybe it's the same thing. It's like it, it's each individual that you, you come in contact with. It yeah. sounds like, like you want excellence. Like yeah. you want it to be not just solving their problem, but it's an experience. Like it goes farther. Yeah. That, and I love to educate patients. Um, my old receiver coach used to tell me these are tools for your toolbox, you know, like little like route adjustments, things like that, like little moves to get the defender off his like positioning. These are tools in your toolbox. So what I like to do is I'll educate both lay and medical term to all my patients so that they can have more tools in their toolbox for their own success in the future. I always tell patients, if, if you have to come back to me for the same exact thing, I feel like I've done my job poorly. 
if you come back to me for something else, like, you know, that's entirely different. But if you come back to me for, for the same thing, I feel like I, I haven't done my job, not just in treating you, but educating you enough to have the know-how for yourself in the future. And I think that's one thing that is very limited in today's like healthcare field. Um, I know there's a lot of good as well. There's a lot of good clinicians in each of each of our respective fields, but there's a lot of bad. I mean, it's the bell curve. So you're a humble, steady guy. Like I just like everything you're saying. It's like you're pretty certain, yeah, about how things should be. But it's also in a very like healthy, yeah, um, and like mentally healthy way. Like yeah. you really care about what, what what's going on. And that's take me back. We're going too far too again, quick. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, because it's it's just gonna get interesting and and it is cool that you work with professional athletes and, mm-hmm. and people are gonna watch this and it's um, that's the exciting part of it yeah. right but it's it's um you work with all sorts of people so yes. you 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 went through college as an athlete mm-hmm. um, what I'm hearing is that you ha- you have so much confidence it's a quiet confidence but it's like win after win after win I mean yeah. personal win you showed yourself you can work hard succeed work hard succeed fail get up do it yeah. again win yeah. And that builds confidence. And I feel like even though you're not saying it, you must have had a million of those little wins, personal. Yeah. So now you know you can do anything. And that's your answer to getting to within five yards and you keep going because yeah. you know you can do it. Yeah. That's an important message to just you know, point out. It's a, it's a practice Anybody thing. can do that. Yeah, it's a practice thing. And I won't lie, like when I was getting ready to start my own company, that was probably one of my like bigger challenges to face because there's a lot of self-doubt, especially in the early stages right after you started. Because then you have to worry about, okay, I'm the guy that has five hats right now. And how do I do this job? How do I do this job? I've done this before. I kind of learned from this. Um, then there's stuff you didn't do. Uh, yeah. Sales, marketing, yeah. accounting. Yeah. So um, it was two months after I had started working and about three months after I had passed um, my my state jurisprudence exam for the state of Florida, which is like the laws and like healthcare system stuff. Uh, so this was right after graduation for college as well. I had taken over the company, uh, not the company, but the, the clinic in Delray for a company that's based out of Miami. And this is your first job out of college. This is my first job out of college. And normally like as a new grad PT, like you'll treat for at least a year before taking a role like this. They just gave me the keys for their Delray clinic. Um, when I got there, there was, excuse me, I think there was 30 visits that month in January of 2019. And I think I worked 3,056 hours that year, 326 days. I was an independent contractor, so I only got paid for the, the 2,000. But I treated it as my own. And that was something I learned in the golf shop that I used to work in was the, the head golf pro there. It was like, treat this as your own. And that's one thing my dad has always taught me. So if I saw that I was failing, there wasn't people in every day, I was like, there's, there's got to be something that I can do. That's a priceless lesson. And what I did within a year was I kept thinking to myself every month, I'm like, I'm not going to get to 40 patients a month. I'm not going to get to 60. I'm not going to get to 80. And every month I had succeeded that. And I ended up increasing the profit margin within 12 months by 557%, which is a staggering number when I look back on it. And that wasn't intentional. No. Like you didn't set out to do that. No. Well, just go back one second. So you, yeah. so you came out of college just with some pretty advanced degrees. Yeah. So what so, did you end up so I have a bachelor's in science and that was during, I did a double major with, um, it was sport and exercise science, but it was also pre-physical therapy. 
and then I went directly into graduate school. I actually played football my first semester of graduate school, and from there I ended up getting my doctorate in physical therapy. And then I've since been uh, certified for dry needling in their level one and for two what? courses. Dry needling. It's not common to get a doctorate in PT. No, right? I mean that's uncommon. Now, now it's a little bit more, but it's I would say the number is not very large. Yeah, I mean usually you go to a PT and, and they went to school for that, but it wasn't the advanced advanced degree. So you yeah. are like a unicorn in a way. Yeah. But now you add in all your own personal sports mm-hmm. success um, and your understanding of like of the work that goes into that, so that mm-hmm. when you are treating people, whether it's people that are just your you know average everyday people or yeah. people that are uh, athletically active. Yeah. Like you understand everything from because you did it, and on top of that, you have an advanced degree. I just yeah. wanted that to be clear because that's a really powerful perspective that you come from. It is, and I think that's probably why you're about to tell the rest of the story about why professional athletes work with you. Yeah, you know, because you've got a certain understanding that maybe the average PT doesn't. Not to say there's anything wrong with anybody's perspective. No, but you have a lot of experience. That's something that I tend to overlook sometimes too. Like especially when I started my company that. I didn't know what to base my prices off of. I looked at like normal reimbursement and things like that. And then I started to look around and just the quality that's not really being able to be performed. Um, and the quality that like I have performed for the last three, four years, well, last seven years for counting, um, the, the graduate studies and, and things like that. But having the, the physiological, like the physiological background, knowledge, um, biomechanics, the gross anatomy. I have a partial photographic memory, so um, anatomy was wasn't too bad. Have? Yeah, um, <laughs> so anatomy wasn't too bad, um, but that was everything from yeah. skin to bone, from head to toe, and I was in there with pre-med students as well. So that was something I almost did as well after I graduated with my doctorate. I almost went back, took the MCATs to become an orthopedic surgeon or a cardiothoracic surgeon. Do your surgeon. parents like step back and like? Where'd this guy come yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. Um, they've been supportive the entire yeah. way, which is really cool. And, and they love to hear about, like, my successes, and, and they're very happy about everything. Um, and they, they're they so young. To, yeah. Your yeah, parents so are, like, still, my age, probably. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're around your age. My yeah. dad, uh, I think, and he just turned, yeah, he just turned 50, what would it be? Yeah, he just turned 50 in October, because yeah. I'll be 29 this year. Yeah, so I'm 49. So like, yeah. your your parents are my age. Yeah, and that is so cool for them mm-hmm. to be so young and yeah. to be able to see what you're doing. Yeah, like that's that's like that must make you feel awesome. Yeah, it's especially so like I was talking about um, Mr. Fear. So my one of my dad's favorite golfers. I yeah. remember I treated him for like three months, and it, it was weird. On the last day, I was like, Hey Jim, like before you leave, like my dad's a big fan. And I had an Oakmont head cover from when I worked on the golf shop from the year that he's from Pittsburgh, from the year that he finished second in the U.S. Yeah. Open. And I asked him if he could sign that for me so I could give it to my dad. So he's they've like reaped the benefits a little bit. And, um, Does it feel funny for you? Like so, so you're working with these people that most people put them on a pedestal because you have no access. Yeah. They're celebrities. Yeah. Right. They're celebrated once. Yeah. We're all just people. And when we kind of remember that, it's like they, they wake up every day, they put their pants mm-hmm. on one leg at a time. They're just really good at something. Yeah. But you get access. Yeah. And that's that's something, too, I think that they like. So I actually almost ended up having a private contract with Conor McGregor. One of the first things that his security team asked me was to see my Instagram account, wanted to see who I had treated before. I've treated over 200 NFL athletes. I've treated over 14 professional golfers. I've privately treated uh, two UFC fighters, and then I've worked with a few professional baseball players as well. 
you saw maybe one picture on my Instagram of Marquise Brown and that was it. I just, it's not something that it's not like to be a flex or like cloud or anything for me. Like I try to treat everybody as, as a human being. And I think that's one of the biggest faults for me at times, especially in this day and age, um, speaking about like social media and things like that. Um, wait, it's a fault that you treat everybody. No, equal? no. The, uh, Cause that's the, brilliant. That's yes, the way you no, should. no, no, not that. Uh, I'm thinking ahead in my own in my own head of you mean like the social the media. social media aspect, not taking pictures and filming things yeah. and like putting it on on social media. It's even more powerful in a way because and we skip we skipped a bunch, but you're a young guy mm-hmm. and you achieved. Um, I'm not gonna say financial success because we didn't get into that, but you've achieved uh, a level of of. Um, success in, in in your field working mm-hmm. with people that respect you enough where they can go to anybody yeah but they choose you and their their profession relies yeah. on them being physically well yeah and they come to you and you're so early on in your career like you yeah. haven't even gotten started yet i know <laughs> so do you ever like just tell me real quick how 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 did you actually get no like how did how did you get into that space where you have all these athletes that know you exist like who was the first one? Somebody opened that door for I you. I would say I would say it was up in Ponte Vedra Beach is where so it was Furick? Yeah, I would yeah. say it was probably Jim and then some of the other professional golfers that are that are in that facility. Yeah. Um, what is it about you that they like? I think the personality and then I think people can see that I'm genuine. Uh, like yeah. if is like how we're talking here. Yeah, is I just how, met you. You're like the nicest guy in the world. I was going to say how how we're talking here is how I'll talk yeah. to anybody and I treat the CEO just like the janitor. I mean everybody is the same to me you know because that's where um, you come from i try to be respectful for everybody yeah. and it's one of those things that i think the the genuine piece of it is one thing that people can can see and it's like i always say like i've never met a dog that doesn't like me like and i would trust that's a dog's the best, opinion by the over way. i would test a dog's opinion over over a lot of people that's right you know um and it's it's something that that has helped but also the knowledge and I've always been told before it's different now that I'm in business, but it's, it was something of it's, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, and that kind of helped a little bit. But then I realized that if what you know is really good and you know, a lot of it and like you can implement what, you know, when you know, those people that can help you open a lot more doors. And then now I'm starting to realize it's not so much who, you know, it's who knows you. And that's the marketing muscle right. that I'm trying to flex right. now. So that's my next biggest challenge. So you're getting access, right? And you're getting, mm-hmm. so it's great for business. Mm-hmm. Um, but you probably pinch yourself every so often, like, is this real? Yeah. Right? Because it's, because it's special. Yeah. It's special that these people put so much faith and confidence in you. But sitting with you and talking to you, and like I said to you before, you're humble, you're steady, mm-hmm. you're confident, you're super knowledgeable, right? So it's the whole package. Mm-hmm. It's like, why wouldn't they go go to you? And you just made the best point ever. It's just about knowing you exist. Yeah. And so now people are really learning that you exist. And that kind of segues us into, okay, so you're here. You're in uh, Boca Raton, Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got a beautiful facility. Yeah. Um, you help all sorts of people, right? Not just athletes. Yeah. Right? So anybody can come to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, most people go to a PT because you get an injury, you go to a doctor. Doctor says, okay, um, tore my chest. Now go to PT for six yeah, weeks. It's, it's more than that, though, isn't it? Yeah. So let's help people by, by let's yeah. talk about what 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 should it be looked at, not just reactive, but Tra- it's also preventive. Right? Traditionally, PT was known, and it was it used to be it started out as an associate's degree, and then it turned into a bachelor's degree, then a master's, and, and 
and now ultimately it's a doctorate degree. I feel that a lot of my patients are still back to thinking what it was 20 years ago versus what it is now in 2022 to where three of the top four clinicians at diagnosing a musculoskeletal disorder are PTs. It's a, uh, it's a orthopedic specialist and then for physical therapy and then it's an orthopedic surgeon and then it's a normal PT and then a student PT and then other clinicians fall below that. So there's a lot of times where I get diagnoses that are incorrect. Um, but a lot of times they're, they're correct. Yeah, yeah. It, it happens more than, more than you would think. Um, well, it's difficult. I mean, it could be difficult yeah. to really get the right diagnosis, but yeah. it would make sense that somebody would find their way to you and you'd be like, oh, wait, I see something a little different because you're doing yeah. something very different. You're not just taking x-rays, mm-hmm. doing an MRI mm-hmm. and saying, it's that. Now yeah. you're, you're like, you're in there. It's yes. Like, and you can spend a little bit more time too. And yeah. one thing that... That's important, right? So people, it's you get what you believe is a diagnosis, but it is important to realize like, now when you get to the next step to the yeah. physical therapy side of it, yeah. other things may reveal themselves. Yeah. So it's, be open to like, cause your treatment could really, it could be, it could vary, right? It mm-hmm. could be a lot of different Yeah. And there's a approaches. lot of, there's a lot of, like I was saying, causality. There's a lot of, I like to look at each issue as like a Rubik's cube and solving the Rubik's cube and symptoms are typically something you would want to treat first, but you want to figure out what is actually causing those symptoms. And typically it's a mechanical dysfunction that's causing a compensatory pattern somewhere else. When we're talking about orthopedics, obviously there's neurological diagnoses such as like vertigo or muscular, like multiple sclerosis, things like that. But traditionally what was known as PT was, all right, you're going to go and be in hospital, go see the PT. The PT is going to get their orders from the physician to do like a sit to stand 10 times or like leg extensions 10 times. And it's evolved much more than that now. Um, and you'll see even gym owners that become physical therapists or vice versa, physical therapists that start to own their own gyms as well. Um, Danny Matei would be a good di- guy to look into and Kelly Sturette, uh, if you've ever read Becoming a Supple Leopard. But it has evolved into doing basic strength training and like soft tissue work and like the hot pack and stim and ice. Um, to diagnosing a dysfunction, being able to hone in and perform an evaluation that really shows what's going on, ruling things in, ruling things out by doing special tests. And that is what drives me. And I can see what I can hammer on or what I need to like work on the most. And I mean, I, I've had patients the same day. I, I see them one time and, and they're gone um, because they're feeling a lot better. And then, and you're out of network for yes. So this is interesting because most people need to go where the insurance says to go. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with the people they're going to, but no. you're out of network. But you're also, um, it's kind of like a niche because of everything you described before about mm-hmm. your skill set and your knowledge and your experience and exposure to different things. It is a different experience with mm-hmm. you, and and that that's something to think about when you're choosing. If you have an injury and you, and you don't want to just go your, who your insurance company says. Yeah maybe that's a message to people out there. Like you may have to pay a little more, but the result is going to be different. Yeah. So think about it, do a little research and maybe don't just go where your insurance Mm -hmm. says if you can afford it. Yeah. And that's the thing too. I mean, being in Boca Raton, it's a little bit more affluent area, but across the country there's, there's PTs that are starting cash companies that 
they can scale them as well and they're doing well. But the thing is too, is that their clients are getting better and they're getting better faster, which actually in, in all costs, the healthcare system, a much like a greater amount that costs them a lot less. So like I, I charge, so my evaluations are $200. My follow-ups are 175 An evaluation. If you're in network, the insurance company would get the bill for about $550. So then they're reimbursing partial payment there, but the overall cost is much less when talking about the long term. If you are only going to be seen for three or four visits with an out of network physical therapist that can spend an hour, hour, 15 minutes with you, really hone in on, on that one thing that's causing the issues mm-hmm. versus going to see somebody who's in network seeing two, three patients at the same time or being treated by a PTA or a tech, which I've met really good ones that are PTAs and techs, you know. But going in network and you have three times a week for eight weeks, that's 24 visits versus three or four. And then also having what I do is I'll send out like exercise programs and follow up with these patients, send them emails of what I found in lay terms so that they can have a better understanding of what's going on too. But also there's a big psychosomatic portion of that as well. I have a lot of patients that sometimes will come in with back pain and it's such a big psychosomatic thing. You also look at some of the stress that they're carrying, things like that too. You can talk to these patients. I'm sometimes as much of a psychotherapist as I am a, a physical therapist. And I think that's one thing that has gotten me a lot of success in my field as well and helping people get better too, just so that knowledge is power. And when you start to understand what's actually going on, especially if it's in your own body and it's causing you a lot of pain, you kind of understand why it's happening and that there are ways to fix it. I think that empowers the the human mind to kind of overcome the injury as well as the physiological side of the tissues healing as well. And you combine those two things together and it, it starts to, it starts to, it's really interesting is, do you believe that there's the really, that there's a connection between your, your, your emotions and injury? You know what I mean by that? I would say, yes, I would say it, it could, it could go hand in hand both ways. Um, I've seen just in myself, like when I broke my leg, I mean, lost 30 pounds of muscle mass and like yeah. hard to get back. But six weeks after my surgery, I was squatting 365 and doing reps again. Mindset thing. Like I, my mindset when I was squatting that weight was if it's going to break again, it's going to break again. And it didn't. So it ended up going well for me. But you see a lot of patients. I, I just had a younger patient who had an injury for her like to her back a year and a half ago and was just picking up a soccer ball the other day and said that her back was in pain again mri showed nothing x-ray was showing nothing but to have that injury at such a young age as well and have it be such a severe pain immediately her and the mother thought it's got to be the same thing you know when in reality it just it was more of just like a muscle spasm and did a lot of soft tissue work. She got up, she said she felt way better. And And that could really like, if that, if that, so when I tore my chest, Mm -hmm. it was years. Mm -hmm. Like I was afraid to get on a bench. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you just, even it's been 25 years and I still, it's still in the back of my mind. It's never left. I'm always worried. Like if something's going to tear, it's never left me. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes like, is that in and of itself going to cause the injury? Yeah. Like another injury. Because my mind is almost like weak in a way. Yeah. It's almost like a fear of getting hurt again. Yeah. You know, that's like, there's a Aaron Cabal on, on Instagram, who's a chiropractor and he's very good at debunking myths within the medical field and 
just like me is not a big fan of fear mongering in, in the medical field um, to where there is a video that a physical therapist put up talking about how the discs can move and how that can cause injury to, to the discs. But if you look at the research, it shows that the worse a bulge is, that even without intervention, the better it's going to heal itself. Really? But also, too, if you look at rowers that are not in a great position and they're putting hundreds of pounds of stress like these Olympic rowers, they've done studies on their discs and the bone density of their vertebrae a lot more dense and more healthy than what the average person is. And that's one thing he talks about, too, is that if you if you allow your back to get used to not being used and and not being like stressed it's going to get used to not being stressed and not being used but if you can use your spine and load weight and bear weight and do twisting and do bending like your spine's going to be used to that it's it's a lot of adaptations to what your body can do i always tell patients your body's really good at adapting for the negative and for the positive if you don't do anything and like rest for months on end and then try to go back to what you were doing again probably going to cause an injury again because you haven't properly loaded the tissues and allowed them to adapt um all of my patients that tear like their achilles tendons things like that i have oh, them do, even say that i have them do yeah i have them do i just got a pain when you said yeah, that i had a 33 the worst, year old the worst nightmare yeah i had a 33 year old patient that um he had tore his achilles had surgery six months after his surgery he was playing basketball again not an athlete like not like a like a crazy like Kobe Bryant type athlete by any means but I educated him on the basic physiological principles of loading and what it can do for tendon and how it can make it more tensile but also strengthening the muscles so it, it's cool um, physical therapy has become a much more involved involved uh, profession so it's, it's, it can be very helpful. And then there's a lot of other things that you can do in conjunction. So like the dry needling is, there's a lot of research on that. If I got into that right now, it would be, it would be pretty in depth. What, what about cupping? What the cupping too. I mean, that would be like a, so it's, what, just explain what it is. Yeah. So, um, so like if you, everybody remembers Michael Phelps, like during the Olympic swimming right. trials, things like that has all the, right. I think they call it bonkers in, in Yiddish. Um, but, uh, they go through what what happens when you put the cups on. Everybody says just increases blood flow, but the actual mechanic is that you'll actually start to separate the, the fascial layers. So you have your dermis, your epidermis, and then you have your subcutaneous tissue, which is just yeah. fat. Yeah. And you have a myofascial layer underneath that, which is a layer that's like a web-like saran wrap type looking type of tissue that is primarily there to allow the muscle to glide underneath the fat. And then when you separate those layers a little bit using the suction cups, I mean, yeah. most of the time they're not very yeah. large, but you do multiple on a line. What can happen is that allows the vessel to vasodilate, right? So you can get Which increased means what volume. In you can, you can yeah. get increased volume of blood or more blood flow yeah. through that area. And then with the dry needling, you can actually produce chemicals within your body that allow the body to heal a little bit more quickly. And when you can get that blood flow to the area more specific that allows the tissue to heal a little bit better. Yeah. I've had it done. It's, it's pretty actually, cool. So, I don't know. It's, it's just, something feels different. After. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're getting a little bit of a stretch and you're getting yeah. some desensitization yeah. as well. So it kind of blocks the pain receptors a little bit. Yeah. Um, kind of like you bump your elbow and yeah. you start to rub it kind of helps to take away that sensation a little bit. So you're just trumping you your, 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 your sensation. Yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to bring us to a close. There's so much more to talk about, yeah. but it's going to start getting louder. Yeah. Right yeah. Here. Um, 
for the average person out there, like, give me something, give me, what, what should they, what should they think about just in terms of every day, typical person gets up, goes to work, sits at the desk all day. Yeah. They don't want to get hurt. They want to be more active. Like what should we, what should somebody do just to be healthy? Movement. I would say moving your body, um, going through, there's a lot of mobility exercises out there for the hips, the spine, the neck, the shoulders, things that can help you become preventative for other issues down the road. Um, just move, just be active. Um, there's be good, active, there's good, like uh, walk. Move, yeah, just move your body, go through motion, stretch out like throughout yeah. the day, stand up, walk around the office if you're in an office. I'm fortunate enough to where I'm moving all day. Yeah. Um, pick up some weight, jump, sprint, run a little bit. Um, those basic things, you don't have to train like crazy hard. Just but move. It, if you're just moving, just move. it helps so much. It helps so much. And would you, would you say that if something doesn't feel right, yeah. don't ignore it. No, the, the sooner that you can catch that and go to either your physician, like your primary care physician, find a good PT, find an out-of-network PT, find an in-network PT that, that you like, or have a family member who's a PT or a chiropractor that you like, find somebody in the profession that has the knowledge that can help you advocate for yourself as well, but educate you on the topic and allow you to solve the issue before it becomes too bad. Like root cause. And and the person you choose to work with does matter. Yes. Yeah. It does matter. It's like if you can anything. afford to go out of out of network to get the right person, yeah. It's worth it. it I think and it's listening worth to it you, it's obvious. I mean, yeah. It's obviously worth it. There's a yeah. lot going on around yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, it's getting busier in here. Um so let's bring it to a close. So first of all I want to thank you. I want yes. to thank you for doing this. Oh yeah, thank you. Uh might have to do one or two more with you. Yeah. You know, just different different uh different topic. You know, yeah. maybe some maybe a workout or something. Yeah, yeah. Um but this is about helping people. Yeah. And you started out by saying you're all about helping people. Yes. And that's what we're doing here. Yeah. You know? So you said a lot, good information, yeah. you know, so hopefully somebody out there, you know, is, is going to get something. What I hope they get is, is what you just said, move, walk, don't ignore things. Yeah. You know, that's a great message. And that's, I think, valuable to anybody who's watching yeah. this. So do me a favor, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Look over my shoulder on that yeah. camera. Let's hear about you, where we can find you, whatever you want to, share with the uh, with the public yeah i'm dr joe sabucky uh sabucky physical therapy i'm located within the facility institute of human performance here in boca raton florida uh, my office hours are, are pretty open and my phone number is 814-897-6136 and you can reach me on my instagram handles as well at dr joe sabucky is my personal account and my company account is sabucky physical therapy you're going to hear a lot more a lot more from this guy um so I, a couple of things I wrote down that I want to just point out. So I, I bring people on this show that are exactly like you. It's, it's humble. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like you care about other people. Yeah. You hustle. You've done the work. Like that, that's it. That's what this show is. is, is there's a message there. Yeah. You know, work hard, be humble, hustle, and, and just reach your potential. Yeah. And it really, you, you, you can go as far as you want to go. It comes from inside you. And yeah. that's really that's really what this show is about. Gratitude, being thankful. Gratitude. For being able to do the things that I can help people do um, and getting people back to to what they like to normally do in their life is, is one of my biggest things. Um, and if I can be the tool for them to get back to their normal life and get back to doing things or even enhancing their performance to, to do events that they want to do, that's that's my biggest thing. I'm going to close it out with something you said, and hopefully I wrote it down the way you, you said it, but you said pressure makes diamonds. Yes. And that's something you can do. It's, 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 
it comes from within. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's just such a beautiful thing. That's the that's a beautiful mindset. That's the comfortability zone thing. Yeah. You have be, to uh, yeah. be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes, exactly. You have to yeah. be out of your comfort zone yeah. to see success and to see growth. Yeah. Um, if you want to lift heavier, you have to put more weight than you've ever put on the bar. If you want to reach out to people, you have to go talk to people, make yourself uncomfortable doing things and talking to people, you know, for sure. You're not going to, you're not going to see growth sitting in an office and, and sitting back there by yourself. And that's like one of the things that I read in Danny Matei's book. Don't know about the expletives. It's called F insurance is a, it's a really good book. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Best part of the show. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a really growth good is book. a mindset. Yes. I mean, growth thing. is a mindset. Yeah. And it's, it's be comfortable with change. Yeah. Like, otherwise you're just going to be stagnant. Exactly. And, the biggest fear in life for me is being in the same place I was last year. I can, I can relate. Yeah, I can relate, man. You're going to be successful. I wish you the best. Thank you. Very Thank much. you for doing this. Yeah. Thank you pleasure. for doing what you're doing in the community. Yeah. Um, and, uh, look forward to the next time we do this. Ah, uh, yeah. Let me know when uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a COVID, uh, yeah. a COVID shake. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. Listen, thank you everybody for watching. Subscribe, like this, make some comments. Tell this guy how much you enjoyed this. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again. Any questions, any consultations, I'm more than happy to help and educate. All right. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Thank you very much.